Hello, listeners. This is Iris, and you're listening to the reading of the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier for Monday, February 19th. It's President's Day. I'm your volunteer reader, Bob Young. Let's look at today's weather forecast, this coming from the National Weather Service. On this President's Day, you can expect mostly sunny skies with a high near 48 degrees, south-southeast wind 5 to 13 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 18 miles per hour, and tonight partly cloudy with a low around 29 degrees, south-southeast winds from 6 to 10 miles per hour. Tomorrow will be mostly sunny with a high near 50 degrees, south-southeast wind 5 to 9 miles per hour, becoming southwest in the afternoon. Tomorrow night it will be partly cloudy with a low around 31, south wind around 7 miles per hour. Wednesday will be mostly sunny with a high near 55, and Wednesday night the low will get to around 33 degrees. Thursday, mostly sunny with a high near 51, and it'll be breezy, and Thursday night, blustery again, with mostly clear skies. The low will be around 27 degrees. Friday will be sunny with a high near 45, and breezy again, and Friday night, mostly clear, with a low around 26 degrees. Saturday and Sunday, we're looking at a high near 50 degrees on Saturday, and Sunday, we could reach 58 degrees. Turning now to the stories on the front page of The Courier, we have two to read today. Blackhawk County Sheriff's Office, Deputy Dog, furry, four-legged officer, gives comfort in crisis. The story was written by Maria Cooper and begins with a photograph showing Blackhawk County Sheriff's Deputy Carla Attenbaumer as she poses with her new deputy dog, Mary. Mary is jet black, and she's sitting next to a kneeling Deputy Altenberger. Altenberger is in full sheriff's uniform. Dateline Waterloo. Although she's sworn to defend the Constitution, the newest deputy at the Blackhawk County Sheriff's Office walks around the department demanding to be petted. Mary, a two-year-old black lab, was sworn in earlier this month. Her handler, Deputy Arla Altenbaumer will work with the dog to provide crisis response and increase community engagement. The sheriff's office received Mary from a program called Puppies Behind Bars, based in New York. The program trains incarcerated individuals to raise puppies starting at eight weeks old. Once trained, the puppies are sent off to law enforcement agencies, first responders, and wounded veterans. Mary was raised in Bedford Hills Correctional Facility, a maximum security level facility for women in New York. The woman assigned to Mary, called a razor, trained, fed, groomed, and exercised her for about 16 months. The organization teaches razors how to train puppies to be caregivers while the puppies live in their cells with them. Alton Bomber picked up Mary from the prison in January. While she was there, the puppy, Razor, showed her what she taught Mary. Quote, it's super cool to see, like, just how proud they are of everything they've done, even when they've messed up in life, unquote, Alton Bomber said. 
Now they know that they've made this beautiful creature, and they get to know what Mary will do, unquote. Altenbaumer said when she left with Mary, her razor was crying, not just because she had to send Mary off, but because she knew Mary was going to do amazing things, unquote. The sheriff's department learned about puppies behind bars when Sheriff Tony Thompson and Captain Mark Herbst visited a conference focused on community engagement. They got in touch with the program staff and asked who in Blackhawk County would be interested in working with a dog. Altenbaumer, who loves dogs, quickly volunteered. After being chosen, she went through nearly six months of interviews with the organization. At a county board of supervisors meeting, Thompson said Mary and Altenbaumer will help with increased mental health calls in the area. Altenbaumer described Mary as a therapy dog with a badge, and she said she is very intuitive to human emotions. She can be deployed to comfort someone at a crime scene or be used as a stress reliever for children testifying in court. Quote, you could sit there for hours and just pet her, and she'll sit there and listen all day because she's not going to talk back to you, she said. Quote, if someone wants to just cry on her or just hug her or hold her or whatever, she'll allow that, unquote. The deputy wished Mary had arrived a few weeks earlier. She would have taken the dog to Perry to comfort children, teachers, and families after the January 4th school shooting in which two people were killed and six were injured. Altenbaumer said she would have let Mary off her leash because she just knows what to do, unquote. The two are essentially on call 24-7, even though they aren't required to be. Quote, if somebody needs her, I want to be there, she said. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just her Uber. Quote, it's not going to solve the trauma they're going through, she continued, but it can help them, maybe get them through another day, unquote. Altenbaumer is the department's community engagement officer and has worked with the Elevate CCBHC, a local mental health service. She also is involved with the department's peer support program. She's an advocate for mental health and getting rid of its stigma, and she believes Mary will help with that. Quote, she's only been at the sheriff's office for two weeks, but to already see things that she's doing is very rewarding, Altenbaumer said. Quote, it's a cheesy line, but the sky's the limit, unquote. Cedar Falls Man creates online resource for Taco Bell lovers like himself. Story written by Andy Malone, and the dateline is Cedar Falls. Blake Hundley is basically a news reporter on the Taco Bell beat. He founded a website and social media presence focused on the fast food giant and fostered a friendly community that was recently honored for its dedication to the brand. And here we have a photograph of Blake Hundley while he's eating a cheesy gordita crunch next to the Taco Bell Super Fan of the Year Award at the Eatery on University Avenue in Cedar Falls. Hundley is himself a hardcore fan who held his high school graduation party at Taco Bell two years before he created the site. At least five days per week, he consumes food there, including his favorite menu item, 
a cheesy gordita crunch filled with potatoes instead of beef. Vegetarian options are a big reason the Waterloo native fell in love with Taco Bell, emphasizes the wiry 26-year-old who has ties to some of the area's well-known business owners. While looking for friends in a new area, Hundley found them online, Taco Bell lovers like himself. Over time, the Cedar Falls fanatic wanted to share with them the power of knowledge. He developed sources with insights into the company's thinking and now has a team of 15 to 20 people. He often leaks the newest menu items and promotions before official unveilings. One notably was the return of potatoes in 2021 after they were removed from the menu. Quote, Most people come to me because they want to stay anonymous and work at Taco Bell. I've had some decently high enough people. But as far as I know, it's been no one at the corporate office. The highest up might be a regional person, but generally speaking, they're general managers, unquote. Taco Bell Blake is a friend to patrons around the world, and somewhat jokingly, a villain of the Yum! Brands Corporation because of the leaks. It all began in August 2017 with the creation of Living Moss, the first-of-its-kind website at www.livingmoss.com is for friends of the Mexican-inspired cuisine with digital extensions through Reddit, where the original motivations percolated and social media platform grew, attracting thousands of clicks. Quote, I was searching for community. You move to a new place. You're trying to find people. And at that point, I was turning to online. And I found other people on Reddit who loved Taco Bell. And that's when I ended up forming my website, Hundley said. For his efforts, Taco Bell awarded its inaugural Taco Bell Superfan of the Year trophy to his creation on February 9th in Las Vegas. He accepted the prize from pro football star Devante Adams on the community's behalf at the company's live Moss event. Quote, It's all very welcoming. There's a lot of discussion about how to account for people's diet and needs, said Tyler Martinos of Jackson, New Jersey, who stumbled across the site while looking for the best ways to customize different Taco Bell food items. Quote, It's always fun to know stuff other people don't, he added. The search for community came early in Huntley's adulthood while living in Barabo, Wisconsin. He turned to Reddit, where he found a crowd of Taco Bell lovers online. That's the basis of his website. It's an easy go-to source. Every four to six weeks, Taco Bell introduces a new food offering, and there's always something to discuss. He began an archive of every item the chain has released and tested. That's a snippet of what one will find there. Quote, it all ties into finding that community of people who were welcoming and talking about something I enjoy and could get into. After seeing a lot of the same questions asked or whatnot about current or past items, I wanted to make something somewhere that can answer that or has that information, he said. The retail professional doesn't make money off the site, his channels and its ads, just enough to help pay for it. The site also has well-known tools for fans to find the various 
cantina locations known for specialty alcoholic beverages, as well as the chili cheese burrito locator. Quote, it's one of those things I set my notifications for, said Mark Goldberg of Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. Quote, before I didn't always know what was going on, but I find out about something I can win through Taco Mile all the time and set a calendar reminder, unquote. There are a lot of people who have fast food blogs, but they cover all the major chains, so it's hard to keep up with all their posts, especially about restaurants I don't really care about, he added. According to a Taco Bell spokesperson, the Living Moss community, quote, exemplifies everything it means to be a Taco Bell fan, unquote. Quote, their unwavering enthusiasm, dedication, and love for the brand stood out, reads the statement. Whether it's their creative menu hacks, their deep knowledge of Taco Bell lore, or their commitment to spreading positivity within the Taco Bell community, they represent the best of what it means to be a Taco Bell superfan, unquote. Hundley has lots of family in Cedar Valley. His great-uncle Joel Hundley owns Steamboat Gardens, and his uncle John Davis owns the Slumberland Furniture Outlet. His grandparents are Dick and Carol Davis, who owned the Slumberland store in Waterloo before his uncle. The Taco Bell fan is a son of Matthew and Janie Hundley of Cedar Falls. He grew up in Waterloo until he was 10 years old, but spent the rest of his childhood in St. Louis. He returned to the area to be closer to family in the summer of 2022, part of an effort to get the whole family back to one place, unquote. His love of Taco Bell dates back to early childhood, and now he's proud to say his son, Wentz, too, recently enjoyed his first burrito nearly two decades after he was first introduced to the brand. His friends hung out there a lot in high school, but a lot of the draw has to do with his family being comprised of vegetarians. Quote, we didn't eat a lot of fast food, but on family road trips, you've got to stop somewhere to eat, said Hundley. Quote, Taco Bell's always been the easiest fast food for vegetarians because everything's customizable and they have the most vegetarian options. It was always the go-to place, Huntley said. <laughs> Halloween shooting trial underway. Jury hears from victim and witnesses. Story written by Jeff Reinitz. Dateline, Waterloo. Neighbors recounted how they witnessed a shooting on Halloween last year as trial began for the man accused of pulling the trigger. Quote, I've been trying to forget about it. Ruined my favorite holiday. Michael Steiner told jurors. Steiner's boss was dropping him off in the area of Lindwood Avenue and South Street shortly after 4 p.m., following a day of work, only hours before trick-or-treating was set to begin. As they were slowing down, Steiner saw two people walking toward each other in a yard outside. Quote, it looked like they were buddies, said Steiner. It didn't look threatening to me. A fraction of a second later, he heard, pop, 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 he said. Steiner's boss, Cameron Edwards, also heard the shots and saw the victim roll down onto the street. He hit the gas and dialed 911. Across the street, another neighbor said she was unloading groceries 
when she heard gunfire, and few doors down, Andrew Cook was pulling up at a house when he saw the victim do a face plant in the middle of the street. Cook said he rushed over to the victim. He heard him groaning and stayed with him until authorities arrived. Elliot Mahler, a paramedic with the Waterloo Fire Rescue, said he located a gunshot wound in the man's abdomen and suspected internal bleeding. On Thursday, the victim, 45-year-old Marcel William Rose of Waterloo, described being shot and talked about the continuing consequences he suffers. Quote, it tore up my stomach, he told jurors. Makes it hard to even breathe. Rose testified how he had four or five surgeries and was hospitalized for about four months with the gunshot wound to the abdomen, being released only a few weeks ago. But when asked, he was less certain about who pulled the trigger. Quote, I believe it to be Chris Abram, Rose told jurors. When the defense asked if he were certain, Rose responded, kind of. Rose told jurors he had been an acquaintance of Christopher Wertham Abram, and they had briefly been roommates. He said shortly before the shooting, they had a falling out, but he couldn't remember what it was over. He said he wasn't armed at the time of the shooting and couldn't remember much about what happened. Jurors watched video from a nearby home security system that captured part of the shooting. Rose could be seen walking on the sidewalk on South Street around 4.20 p.m. October 31st when another figure approaches him from the street. There was a little bit of talking that couldn't be heard, and then the figure, now standing on the lawn, raises his hand and shoots. Rose falls and rolls into the street. Also on Thursday, Waterloo police described how they searched a home at 928 Lafayette Street, where Abram had been staying, and found a loaded 9mm pistol. Ballistics test later linked the gun to the shooting, authorities said. Abram, 45, was arrested on charges of willful injury causing serious injury and felon in possession of a firearm. <laughs> Teens detained, woman arrested in armed robbery at Waterloo Park. Story by Jeff Reinitz. Dateline Waterloo. Three teens used a revolver in a payment app to rob a girl trying to buy marijuana at a Waterloo Park Wednesday night, according to police. The teens and a woman have been charged in connection with the crime. According to police, a 17-year-old girl made arrangements to buy marijuana and went to Lafayette Park around 9.45 p.m. to complete the transaction. When she arrived, she was approached by three teens, one of whom was armed with a handgun. The assailants forced her to transfer $120 using a phone app, police said. The trio then ran across the street to a waiting sport utility vehicle that drove off. Officers made a traffic stop a short time later and seized a revolver. They detained three youths, males ages 15, 14, and 14, on charges of first-degree robbery. Their alleged driver, 40-year-old Catherine Lynn Hildy, was arrested for possession of marijuana with intent to deliver. She has been released pending trial. March trial scheduled 
for case of two area sex assaults, North Liberty man charged in attacks in Waterloo and Cedar Falls. Story by Jeff Reinitz, and it begins with a black-and-white photograph of the courtroom where Asante I.E. Walker Garcia Adams is standing during an initial appearance on May 24, 2023. Dateline Waterloo. The case against a North Liberty man arrested in a series of rapes and home break-ins in Waterloo and Cedar Falls is back on track after he was found competent to stand trial. On Thursday, the court lifted a stay on Black Hawk County cases against Asante I.E. Walker Garcia and set a tentative trial date in March. In October, Walker's defense attorney requested the cases be paused to allow time for an evaluation following concerns over Walker's mental health. In late January, officials at the Iowa Medical and Classification Center in Oakdale submitted a report finding Walker is able to stand trial. Also this week, the defense renewed a request to have charges against Walker divided into separate trials. Walker's attorney argued trying him in both cases at the same time would be unfairly prejudicial. The defense had raised the matter earlier, but the issue was shelved while the competency evaluation was pending. Prosecutors are resisting the request, noting both crimes included similar methods to break into the homes, similar threats were made to both victims, and the attacks involved the same sex acts, according to court records. Quote, the evidence of both crimes, while prejudicial, would be relevant and admissible to show the defendant's modus operandi because identity is at issue in both incidents. Assistant County Attorney Heather Jackson argued in court records. Walker is charged in the March 10, 2023 attack in an apartment complex near Hawkeye Community College in Waterloo and an April 10, 2023 attack at a College Street apartment near the University of Northern Iowa in Cedar Falls. He also is charged in Johnston County with a September 6, 2022 incident. Waterloo School Board asked to adopt gun violence prevention program. Story was written by Angela Sturm McLaughlin, and the dateline is Waterloo. The Board of Education met this week with Jamie Oberhue and Kristen Stanford, members of Moms Demand Action, a gun violence prevention advocacy group, to discuss a smart proposal for local schools. The pair urged the board to adopt Be Smart principles and include information on gun safety in its school registration packets. They want Waterloo Community Schools to ask parents to sign a form acknowledging any guns in their homes are secured. The Cedar Valley chapter of Be Smart was formed last year, a component of Moms Demand Action. It works to implement public safety measures to protect people from gun violence. Be Smart aims to educate people about ways to safely and securely store their firearms. Quote, Guns do not make us safer, but securing them does, said Oberhue, a second-grade teacher at Orange Elementary School. If approved, Waterloo Schools would be one of many Iowa districts to adopt the Be Smart program, 
including the Cedar Rapids, Iowa City, and Waukee districts. Quote, if we include active shooter drills in schools, then it just makes sense for us to have this policy as well, said board member Stacy Mills. The Be Smart program has been endorsed by the National PTA, and in September, President Joe Biden established the first-ever White House Office of Gun Violence Prevention, overseen by Vice President Kamala Harris. In January, Department of Education Secretary Miguel Cardona issued the letter to school officials nationwide, urging them to encourage safe firearm storage in the home. The Waterloo Board will discuss adopting the resolution at a future meeting. New Director of Aviation Selected for Waterloo Regional Airport Story written by Maria Cooper Waterloo Pending City Council approval, Stephen Chergard has been selected as the new Director of Aviation for the Waterloo Regional Airport. Chergard has nearly 20 years of experience managing smaller airports. Most recently, he was the airport director of a small airport in Idaho, where he led the development of its master plan. Prior to that, he was airport director in Williston, North Dakota, where he recruited multiple airlines to operate and helped secure $265 million in federal, state, and local dollars for a relocation project. Quote, we are pleased to bring Stephen Chergard in to oversee operations at the Waterloo Regional Airport. His experience and the potential for growth at the facility will be a good combination to lead the airport moving forward, said Waterloo Mayor Quentin Hart. Chergard spent some of his childhood in Fredericksburg, as well as other cities in Iowa. Although he spent a portion of his life in the state, he said, since he hasn't lived in the area for a while, he hopes to engage with the community to learn what residents want. Quote, my goal is to see and accomplish what the community wants and not what I want, he said. I'll have a fresh set of eyes to look and see what's going on. He said his goal is to increase traffic and add flights, but noted the airport was left in good hands. Quote, I am looking forward and excited for the opportunity to serve the Waterloo Regional Airport and community. It is an honor to continue the work by Keith and the airport community, said Chergard. He replaces Keith Kaspari, who recently retired after more than 10 years in the role. Now we turn the page to the Week in Iowa section. In the news, key bills pass legislative funnel deadline. Iowa lawmakers worked sometimes late into the evening this week to move legislation ahead of the first legislative funnel deadline. Friday marked the last day for most bills to pass out of committees to remain eligible for consideration for the rest of the session. Majority Republicans advanced bills regulating the state's area education agencies, changing election procedures, addressing traffic safety, and cracking down on unlawful immigration. Democrats roundly criticized Republicans' priorities this session, calling their agenda an attack on Iowans and saying they are not addressing real needs. Bill would limit Trump ballot challenges. Iowa GOP lawmakers advanced a bill this week to change Iowa's elections 
including preventing eligibility challenges to Donald Trump's place on the ballot on constitutional grounds. The bill would limit eligibility challenges for federal candidates only to the legal sufficiency of the petition and residency, age, and citizenship requirements of the candidates. Also, bill allows agencies to bypass state audits. Iowa Republicans advanced a bill that would allow state and local agencies to hire private accounting firms to audit their finances and bypass the elected state auditor. State Auditor Rob Sand is the only statewide elected Democrat in Iowa, and his office called the bill a, quote, recipe for corruption. Republicans said it would provide flexibility while maintaining accountability. Caitlin Clark breaks scoring record. Caitlin Clark became the highest-scoring player in NCAA women's basketball history on Thursday, sinking three consecutive shots to sail past the previous record of 3,527 points. The Hawkeye star overtook Kelsey Plum, who set the record in 2017. Clark set the record with a 33-foot three-pointer from the logo, barely two minutes into the game, in which she scored a career-high 49 points. The effort took Clark's career total to 3,569 points. The sold-out Carver-Hawkeye Arena crowd broke into chance of one more year during the game. Clark is eligible for a fifth season because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And now, listeners, we're just going to take a moment to remind you that you're listening to the reading of the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier for Monday, February 19th on IRIS, that's I-R-I-S, the Iowa Radio Reading Information Service for the Blind and the Print Handicapped. Now, this message. What if, instead of looking down on people struggling with using drugs, we saw them as people instead? People who have interests and passions, people who have loved ones they care about, and loved ones who care about them. They have a very powerful illness, and they need help and support so they can live the life they want and deserve. See the person, not the addiction. Learn more at yourliveiowa.org, brought to you by the Iowa Department of Public Health. Now let's continue reading local news from The Courier. Rural schools in communities like Hudson anxious about changes proposed for AEAs. Story written by Angela Sturm McLaughlin, and this time the dateline is Hudson. Over the last month or so, many Iowans have learned more about what area education agencies do for schools and families. Two bills working their way through the legislature could drastically change how AEAs are funded and the services they provide. Iowa's nine AEAs, governmental agencies separate from the Department of Education, provide special education to school districts and assist with classroom equipment and media services, professional development, and talented and gifted instruction, among other services. Urban school districts like Waterloo and Cedar Falls may be able to find resources to assist them if the services AEAs provide are altered. But smaller communities, like Hudson Community School District, served by Central Rivers Area Education Agency in Cedar Falls, 
would have fewer options. And at this point in the article, we're treated to a photograph of a speech-language pathologist and a, a student. And she's working with that student with colored beads, and both are all smiles. The caption says, Jenny Cooper, a speech-language pathologist for Central Rivers Area Education Agency, works with a student at Hudson Elementary School last week. For Kevin Murray, technology coordinator for Hudson Schools, having access to Central Rivers Information Technology Services is crucial. He utilizes the AEA for all IT issues. Without the AEA, Hudson would have to find other ways to get equipment serviced. Quote, when I need to get equipment fixed, they are here as soon as they can get here. We have roughly 950 iPads out to students, and each teacher has a MacBook. We are so lucky that we can send our equipment to the AEA and have it fixed correctly. If the item is under warranty and they cannot fix it, we get a new one right away, Murray said. Without AEA support, rural schools would have to seek technology services from a third party. Murray is not looking forward to that possibility. Quote, the AEA does an awesome job negotiating statewide contracts. Whether it's software, hardware, anything that I need, they help. I'm on a very limited budget, so when my superintendent tells me I have this much that I can spend, that's it. AEAs can get a statewide contract for us within our budget, and I do not have to do any work. It really helps, Murray said. AEAs also offer general education services, such as professional training for teachers, free digital resources, and media services like graphic design and printing. Beth Strike, Director of Communications and Creative Services for Central Rivers AEA, said the agencies reduced costs for the districts they serve. Quote, Since we have our own creative services team, we can provide everything from color copies, flashcards, and digital copying services at a bulk rate. If those services need to be outsourced, they can cost more overall, which can eat away at school's budget, Strike said. The AEA also provides media services. Central Rivers, in partnership with Iowa company Perfection Learning, offers librarians the ability to purchase books from the 2024-25 Iowa Association of School Librarians award list at a discount. Central Rivers defrays half the cost of one set of books for the grades served in each building. And here we have another photograph taken in a classroom, and it shows a consultant speaking with a teacher. The teacher is sitting at a moon-shaped red desk, and the consultant is on the other side, on the student side of that desk. And the caption says, Melissa Bloom, a literary consultant with the Central Rivers Area Education Agency, holds a coaching session with Ashley Smits, a Title I teacher at Hudson Elementary School. Now back to the text. Jennifer Cooper has been with Central Rivers for nearly 30 years. She provides speech therapy to students in the Early Access Program, which serves children from birth to age three through high school at both 
Hudson, and Gladbrook-Rhinebeck school districts. Her enthusiasm is infectious as she helps the student read a picture book. When the student has difficulty with a word, Cooper takes the time to help her sound out each syllable. By the time they are done with the story, the student is beaming with pride over completing the lesson. After the student leaves, Cooper reflects on what she does. Quote, I love working with kids. They are the best part of my day. But I also enjoy working with other teachers to come up with new goals and ideas, Cooper says. Her goal as an educator is simple. Quote, I just keep coming and providing my district service to the kids, the same as I always have, she said. If AEA legislation is passed, Cooper thinks her position won't change that much. Quote, I will continue to keep providing services to my students the same way I always have. It may look different, but I would still provide direct services they need. Unquote. In a blog post last month, Hudson Superintendent Anthony Voss summed up the anxiety being felt by educators surrounding the AEA reform plans. Quote, Smaller schools like Hudson simply don't have the resources to leverage the void that would be left if these changes are enacted. I urge caution and deliberation. I encourage our legislators to ask questions not only of the AEA, but of their local public school district. Quote, Perhaps changes are necessary, but first it would be wise to have a full accounting of the changes that are being proposed and a plan to mitigate this loss in service, Voss wrote. House GOP advances new AEA teacher pay plan. Advocates call bills an improvement, but say more changes are needed. Tom Barton and Aaron Murphy of the Courier's Des Moines Bureau wrote this story. And the dateline is Des Moines. Democrats, parents, and education officials applauded, but still expressed reservations Thursday over a new proposal advanced by House Republicans in how services are delivered by the state's education agencies. House Republicans held the first legislative hearings on their newly filed bills on area education agencies, teacher salaries, and state K-12 school funding. Advocates and lobbyists for education groups, including the AEAs, told lawmakers in a House subcommittee that the new plan represented significant progress compared with the initial proposals by Governor Kim Reynolds and a bill advancing in the Iowa Senate. The new House bill removes a key piece of Reynolds' proposal that would allow school districts to contract with other parties, like a private company, to provide special education support services to students with disabilities. Iowa's area education agencies would continue to be the sole provider of special education support to school districts, but the funding structure and provision of other services would change under the House proposal. Cindy Yellick, Chief Administrator of Heartland AEA, and Heather Severs, an Altoona mother of a student who has used AEA special education services and is the founder of Advocates for Iowa's Children, said the House plan was an improvement but could still create gaps in services across the state. Quote, the fundamental core issue with the bill still is that we're kind of backtracking in time, moving away from an integrated model, said Severs. 
which I think is what people are worried about, unquote. House Study Bill 713 passed out of the House Education Committee on a 15-8 to 8 party line vote, clearing a legislative deadline and keeping it eligible for debate on the House floor. Representative Schuyler Wheeler, a Republican from Hull, chair of the committee, said the bill remains a work in progress and pledged it would see more changes as it moves forward. Quote, I think we have the opportunity to improve student outcomes with this, Wheeler said. Quote, we have the opportunity to improve the system, and we had the opportunity, I think, to get wins, not just for students, but for our schools in general as well, unquote. He noted he has a daughter with autism and that the issue is very near and dear to me personally. He said the state has, quote, a chance to improve student outcomes if you can keep some of that money closer to the school district, the school of which is going to know the students a little bit better and know some of their needs a little bit better, unquote. House lawmakers last month declined to move Reynolds's bill forward after hearing from parents and school administrators concerned that her proposed overhaul would lead to worsened outcomes for students with disabilities and less support and diminished services for students and teachers with a piecemeal fee-for-service approach. Reynolds pitched the bill as a key piece of her agenda for this year's session. She said the change is necessary as test scores of Iowa students with disabilities have lagged, but the state sends a comparatively high amount of money on those students. The Senate late Wednesday advanced Reynolds's original proposal, Senate Study Bill 3073, out of a committee, but with an amendment. What does the House bill do? Under the House proposal, federal special education funding still would go directly to the AEAs. But beginning in the 2025-26 academic year, funds for special education support coming from state sources would be kept by the school districts. The districts still would have to spend the money with the AEAs for special education services, but could receive those services through any AEA in the state. Starting with the 2025-26 school year, school districts could choose where to spend their funding for media services. The same would happen the following year in how to use funding for education-related services like teacher training and curriculum. The bill would move local AEA governing boards to an advisory capacity and require state approval of AEA budgets. The salary for AEA administrators would be capped at the average salary of all superintendents in the district served by the AEA. The House proposal would still create a new division within the Iowa Department of Education to oversee special education, but with a smaller scope, 58 new employees, five at each AEA, and 13 in Des Moines. Reynolds's proposal called for hiring 139 employees funded through $20 million moved from the AEAs to the state. The House bill also calls for establishing a 10-member task force to study the AEAs. Democrats request hearing. Democrats echoed some parents and education groups who said more changes are needed to the House bill. They expressed concerns 
it would remove a district's ability to receive mental health therapy services from AEA social workers. Access to mental health therapy is desperately needed, particularly in rural areas, they said, noting that the Heartland AEA responded with a crisis team to meet with students, families, and staff in the wake of last month's deadly shooting at Perry High School. Quote, I do applaud House Republicans for bringing folks to the table. That's what should have happened in the first place. House Minority Leader Jennifer Confirst, a Democrat from Windsor Heights, told reporters, quote, So just the fact that the House Republicans brought in some stakeholders doesn't mean that they're listening to Iowans or that they've done the homework on determining if this is even a necessary change, unquote. House Democrats disagree with the premise that AEAs need wholesale change. Quote, I think it would be best if we scrapped this instead of trying to polish it, because it would still achieve the same dismantling of our AEA services around the state. Representative Art Stade, Democrat from Cedar Rapids, said during the committee meeting, House Democrats requested a public hearing be held on the bill. Wheeler said Republicans were working to schedule a hearing. Teacher pay increase. Increases in baseline pay for teachers and staff would be increased and phased in over two years under a plan that advanced Thursday in the Iowa House. House Study Bill 714 would increase the minimum salary for first-year teachers to $47,500 in the 2024-25 school year and $50,000 in the 2025-26 school year. Education advocates who spoke at a legislative hearing praised the phased-in approach, saying it would give districts time to plan and adjust their budgets. Quote, We were happy to have an opportunity to work with legislators on the most appropriate and best way to accomplish the goal set up by our Governor, Kim Reynolds, to increase the minimum salary to $50,000 for all beginning Iowa teachers, said Melissa Peterson with the Iowa State Education Association, the statewide teachers' union. The House Republican salary bill also would boost the minimum wage for school support staff to $15 per hour, another provision that was met with praise by education advocates. The bill also appropriates $22 million in supplemental funding for districts to use to increase the salaries of veteran teachers and support staff. The bill unanimously passed out of committee and is eligible for debate in the House. House Republicans also advanced a bill to give a 3% increase to state funding for K-12 education for the coming year. Fire damages Cedar Falls Church. Firefighters quickly douse flames at renovation project. Story written by Andy Malone and begins with the photograph of the fire taken at night. And the caption says, No one was inside the Grace Community Church on the corner of Green Hill and Hudson Roads when a passerby called in a fire at 5.39 p.m. on Thursday. Dateline is Cedar Falls. Firefighters quickly doused flames coming from a church on Thursday night. No one was inside when a passerby called in a report of the fire at 5.39 p.m. 
at the former Grace Community Church at the corner of Green Hill and Hudson Roads, according to Fire Chief John Zolendek. Firefighters broke down a front wall and contained flames to the attic. The blaze spread in the upper portion of the building from the front, facing Hudson Road, to the rear, but didn't cause any significant damage to the sanctuary. The cause remains under investigation. The ministry has plans to eventually move back into the building with Scent Church as part of a merger and was in the midst of a renovation project creating what will be an approximately 300-person congregation, said Daniel Quinby, lead pastor at Scent Church. Quote, We're hopeful and praying that the damage is minimal, he said. The structure at 4421 Hudson Road dates back to 1977. Deer reports Q1 net income of $1.75 billion. Story written by Gretchen Stecky of the Quad City Times, and Davenport is the dateline. Deer and Company reported net income of $1.751 billion for the first quarter, which ended January 28th, or $6.23 per share. That was down from the same time period last year, where the company reported a net income of $1.959 billion, or $6.55 per share. Worldwide net sales and revenues decreased 4% to $12.185 billion. Net sales were $10.486 billion for the quarter, compared with 11.402 in 2023. Quote, Deer's first quarter performance underscores the effectiveness of our smart industrial operating model and the dedication of our workforce, enabling improved performance across economic cycles that surpasses historical benchmarks, unquote. CEO John C. May said in a press release, quote, Moreover, we remain committed to empowering our customers to improve their productivity and sustainability through ongoing investment in the next generation of solutions as evidenced by our partnership on satellite communications to expand rural connectivity, announced this quarter, unquote. Net income attributable to Deer & Company for fiscal 2024 is forecasted to be in a range of $7.5 to $7.75 billion. Quote, moving forward, we expect fleet replenishment to moderate as agricultural fundamentals normalize from record levels in 2022 and 2023, May said. Regardless of where we are at the cycle, demand is accelerating for products and solutions that empower our customers to do more with less, and we are uniquely positioned to deliver unparalleled value to our customers, unquote. Waterloo to discuss $1 land sale for industrial building. Story filed by Maria Cooper, Dateline Waterloo. The city is looking to add another business to one of its fastest-growing tax increment financing districts. The city council would approve selling land for $1 at 115 Warp Drive on Monday. 
The council meets at 5.30 p.m. in City Hall. Nad Raj Realty, LLC, is hoping to construct a 46,000-square-foot industrial building in the area next to the Waterloo Regional Airport. The minimum assessment is $1.8 million. The company expects the space will be used for multiple warehousing or contractor suites. The city will provide an incentive of 50% property tax rebates for five years. Before the regular meeting, four topics will be presented in a work session beginning at 3.30 p.m. These include a compensation and wage study, a downtown parking study, a discussion about the 2023 fiscal year audit, and discussion about a proposed resolution for a ceasefire in Israel and Palestine. The public can attend the work sessions, but there will be no public comment. UNI Environmental Education Director running for Black Hawk County Supervisor. This story is from Courier Staff. Dateline is Cedar Falls. Kamir Ensayan announced he is running for a position on the Black Hawk County Board of Supervisors. He will run as a Democrat in the primary election, which will be held in June on the 4th. The general election is November 5th. He has lived in the county for more than 30 years and previously served on the Cedar Falls City Council from 2003 to 2011. He led the charge to help prevent the city from future flooding. He also served on the county's Planning and Zoning Commission from 2014 to 2019. And Sayan is retiring from the University of Northern Iowa this year after 30 years of service. He is currently the director of the university's Center for Energy and Environmental Education. His work focuses on energy conservation, community food security, and improving environmental health of children. Quote, I am a strong supporter of local decision-making, local self-governance, and simply wish to bring my experiences as a public servant to the essential work of improving our county, he said in a news release. Dark Comedy Heathers the musical, takes center stage at Theater UNI. Story written by Melody Parker, and it begins with a photograph of the stage scene from Heather's, and it's taken of three women in a cage, and they're seen more or less in silhouette, and uh, some of the spotlights are on them, and of course the auditorium is empty. Dateline Cedar Falls. Every school has one. That click of the prettiest, most popular girls that other kids envy and ridicule at turns. The theater UNI's production of the very dark comedy Heathers the Musical, opening at 7.30 p.m. on February 23rd and running through March 3rd at the Strayer Wood Theater, the petty and mean-spirited Heathers rule the school. Kids who don't belong atop the social hierarchy are bullied and tormented. Veronica is invited to join the Heathers, but while she's drawn to their glamorous lifestyle, she's also intrigued by sardonic and mysterious J.D., who may have a dangerous side. Quote, students are super enthusiastic and excited about the show. Many of the actors fell in love with the musical as high school students, said director Matthew Weedman, associate professor of theater, at the University of Northern Iowa.
The show resonates with the 20 cast members, he explained, quote, who remember so clearly what high school was like. There's a line in the show, This isn't high school. This is Thunderdome. Mental health counselors have been available at rehearsals for students to share their personal high school experiences. At times, the comedy's material is kind of brutal. The language is quite upsetting at times, and the amount of bullying and hate speech can be disturbing. We wanted to create a positive space to work in. We all care about each other and laugh together, and that helps, he said. And now, listeners, that's going to do it for today's reading of the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier for Monday, February 19th. I'm your reader, Bob Young. Remember, you can listen to a recording of this reading of the Courier or of the other newspapers around the state that we read. Just visit our website, iowaradioreading.org, at any time. And we want to thank you for listening to your Iris, Iowa's first and only radio reading service.